0: So the Biden campaign puts out in advance to their media friends that he's going to eviscerate Trump in his speech in Iowa. And so uh, this is what we see to the lead up of his speech in Iowa. The Chiron's all over the place that Biden will eviscerate Trump, CNN in particular, constantly showing how objective they are. I watched some of what Biden had to say. This man is feeble. He's feeble. He reminded me of Mueller somewhat. He's having difficulty speaking. He's having difficulty thinking. I mean, more than usual. More than usual. So the president sees this coming. And uh, he's asked about it outside the White House today as he's going to a helicopter cut to go
1: now look nancy is a mess the democratic party is a mess they're doing everything they can to win the election in 2020 uh, they are guilty of many crimes many many crimes what they've done they're guilty of many many crimes and hopefully in a short period of time that'll be seen they should never have done what they've done and all they do is waste time ...on these investigations where there's no obstruction, no collusion, no nothing, and in the meantime, they can't get a border deal done, they can't do anything. We need, in addition to the great deal with Mexico, we need them to work on illegal immigration, on lower drug prices, on infrastructure, and they're not doing anything.
0: Isn't it amazing? The real narrative ought to be the do-nothing Democrats in Congress. That really ought to be the narrative. And I've been thinking about this too. This whole issue of impeachment, it's all manufactured and it is daily. It is repeated. They are hammering and hammering and hammering. There's no case for impeachment. The American people have no stomach for impeachment. The majority of the radical kook base of the Democrat Party wants it. But the vast majority of the American people don't. And so we are driven by the radical kook base of the Democrat Party. Meantime, issues that Congress is supposed to be looking at, and I don't agree with all that he, the president mentioned, but issues that Congress is supposed to be looking at, they're not looking at. I think this makes them very, very vulnerable in 2020. We'll see. And then, of course, as I said, the Biden campaign put out information. They're really going to eviscerate Trump. Really going to eviscerate Trump. Cut three, go.
1: Well, I heard Biden, uh, who's a loser. I mean, look, Joe never got more than 1%, except Obama took him off the trash heap, and now it looks like he's failing. It looks like uh, his friends from the left are going to overtake him pretty soon. But I heard, you know, his whole campaign is to hit Trump. You look at what the Obama administration did in terms of the military, in terms of security in terms of other nations, in terms of almost everything. Much of it now, fortunately for everybody here, has been overturned. But look, when a man has to mention my name 76 times in a speech, that means he's in trouble. Now, I have to tell you, he's a different guy. He looks different than he used to. He acts different than he used to. He's even slower than he used to be. So I don't know. But when he mentions my name that many times, I guess I should be complimented.
0: I think this is true. He looks actually older than he is. Age has not been good to Joe Biden. I mean, youth was not good to Joe Biden. But age is definitely not good to Joe Biden. It's just not. He's 76 or 77. Looks 112 years old to me. More. Cut four. Go.
1: No, I'd rather run against, I think, Biden than anybody. Uh, I think he's the weakest mentally. And I like running against people that are weak mentally. I think (laughs) Joe is the weakest up here. The other ones have much more energy. I don't agree with their policies. But I think Joe is uh, a man who is... I call him 1% Joe. Because until Obama came along, he didn't do very well.
0: (laughs) And of course, Obama hasn't even endorsed him yet. And... The media all but ignore that, so here is Joe Biden in Iowa today, cut five go
4: you know uh, the uh, and I think that look, I, I believe that the president is literally an existential threat to America for three reasons:
0: one all right hold on, hold on, do you know what an existential threat is an existential threat that is a threat that threatens the very existence of our nation. This is about as demagogic as it possibly can get. I mean, that is unhinged. Now, I know the man can't spell the word jobs, and I'm sure he can't spell the word existential, but the people who, who write this pablum and put it under his face for him to read the idea that the president of the united states is an existential threat to the united states and this comes from a man who supported 150 billion dollars to iran they hate trump more than they hate the islamo-nazi regime in tehran this comes from a man who supported opening diplomatic relations with the castros who slaughtered tens of thousands of inners, <laughs> men and women Castro is not an existential threat the Islamo-Nazis are not an existential threat but Donald Trump is an existential threat do you believe this? and he will not be held to account Biden for his outrageous statements he is a blunder and a liar go ahead
4: uh, he is a genuine threat to uh, our uh, our core values. And if you wondered uh, about
0: I want you to listen to the way he talks. Listen to the way... Th- it's like his dentures are coming loose. I uh, want core values. Uh, go ahead.
4: Remember what happened in Charlottesville. I never thought I'd see that happen in my lifetime again.
0: Well, of course you do. Because during busing in Wilmington, Delaware, you... uh. For at least a period of time, you were a segregationist. So, of course, you saw that in your time. You slobbered all over Robert Byrd, who, as we all know, was the Grand Cleagle of the Klan in West Virginia. So, of course, don't play games with us. We know who you are. Go ahead.
4: People come climbing out of the fields and from under rocks carrying torches, contorted faces, chanting you mean the same... Antifa?
0: Sounds like Antifa. But this is more of an effort to try and tie Trump to neo-Nazis, to Klansmen, to anti-Semites. This is all a propaganda effort. That's what it is. And the Democrat Party is very good at it. They're very good at projecting their own history onto other individuals. Very good at projecting their own history onto Republicans. There's absolutely nothing in Donald Trump's background Nothing that gives a hint of racism, white supremacy, neo-Nazism, anti-Semitism, nothing. Zero. Yet look at the propaganda effort. Joe Biden can't run on his record. It's 50 years old. And what is it exactly? Wrong 98% of the time. That's his record.
4: Go ahead. Anti-Semitic bile that was chanted in Europe and in Germany in the 30s. Same exact language.
0: No, 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 no. You must be confusing him with the New York Times cartoons. Notice he's never spoken out against Omar or Talib or AOC or Ellison or Farrakhan. Sharpton. Notice he's never done that. The anti-Semitism full-throated within his own party. Notice he's never done that, and he's not going to do it. It's better to pretend that Donald Trump has some kind of an association with these kinds of uh, slime balls when he has none. Go ahead.
4: Carrying, carrying Nazi flags, accompanied by white supremacists, accompanied by the Ku Klux Klan, and confronted by decent I pray people. It's not
0: the Ku Klux Klan, clueless. It's the Ku Klux Klan. Ku Klux Klan the Democrat Party officials should be familiar with the Ku Klux Klan since it was given birth by the Democrat Party in the Confederacy and since it had a major role in its conventions right up at 2 and through 1924 during the Klan bake in New York City so it's Ku Klux Klan you idiot Go ahead.
4: Not in my city. And what happened? When he was asked to comment on it, he said, quote, there were very fine people in both groups.
0: Now, we, listen, folks, we spent a lot of time on this, and for reasons that are quite obvious and really outrageous, the media and the Democrat Party, one and the same, keep pushing this lie, the big lie, that what Trump meant by that was good people in the Klan and neo-Nazis. That's not what he meant. That's not what he said. The entire context is ripped away. I've spent a lot of time on this on the radio over many months. The president was on this program. I specifically asked him about it again. They insist on putting words in his mouth. They insist on spinning. They don't want to run against Donald Trump. They want to run against a caricature that they're trying to create. That's what all this impeachment crap is about. That's what all this Russia collusion crap is about. They'll use our criminal justice system. They'll use our congressional system. They'll use the media. The media will use them. They're using every force that they have to try and create something, manufacture something, in order to take back power. Because that's what they're all about. It's not about following the money. It's about power,
4: power, and more power. Go ahead. President of the United States. Democrat or Republican has ever, ever, ever said something like that.
0: What Never. are you talking about, you idiot? What are you talking about? Maybe you're unfamiliar with Woodrow Wilson who was a racist and a segregationist. Woodrow Wilson who took the the civil service and the military that had been Integrated and resegregated them. You don't even know, this, this guy doesn't even know the history of his own party. He doesn't even know the history of the progressive movement. What is he talking about? Woodrow Wilson was an out of the closet racist segregationist. There's simply no question about that. And anti-Semitism ran rampant in Franklin Roosevelt's administration while he was tamping down attention to the Holocaust and the media followed right behind him. Ran rampant. And it was Franklin Roosevelt who separated Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese descent from the population. Issued a military order. I think it was 9033. It's off the top of my head. And had the military forcibly remove the Japanese in this country, into internment camps in the interior of the country.
4: Does he not know his own history? Go ahead. And it was a response heard around the world. No, it was propaganda pushed
0: around the world. Propaganda pushed around the world by the likes of you
4: and your party, that is, the media. Go ahead instead of repairing the relationships with our allies, he's continued to damage them. Really?
0: Why don't you ask Israel what they thought of Obama-Biden versus what they think of Trump-Pence? Which allies are you talking about? Our closest allies are thrilled that you and Obama were gone. Thrilled. Ask the Eastern European countries, the Hungarians, the Poles, The Czech Republic. Ask them what they thought about you and Obama. Ask the Ukrainians what they thought about you and Obama versus Trump and Pence. Ask them. You liar about our allies. You give $150 billion to Iran. Is that our ally? You say, uh, Syria, you better stop gassing your own people. Here's a red line. And they're gassing their own people, and you do nothing. Is that an ally? I don't
4: think so. Go ahead. Think about this. No president of the United States has ever, 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 since the end of World War II, we built that Atlantic Alliance and NATO, ever threatened to leave NATO. Never. He rebuilt a- NATO.
0: More money now is being put into NATO by NATO member countries than ever before. It's just that Joe, you're too stupid to understand what he was doing. Too stupid to understand what he was doing. You are the guys undermining Europe, undermining in particular Eastern Europe. You are the guys who slashed the United States military, which undermines NATO too. You are the guys who rejected uh, calls to stop with your Iran deal. You're the guys who undermine the state of Israel. I can go on and on, and I shall. We'll be right back. Mark In Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. And I want to play this cut seven, and I want to talk to you about it after the bottom of the hour. Because this is the core of what I want to get to. Cut seven, go.
4: It's always been about the abuse of power. Look what he's doing He not only attacks courts Because he said how can a judge With Mexican ancestry treat me fairly
0: I don't know he wasn't talking About an Indian At a Dunkin Donuts was he Mr. Producer
4: Go ahead The the news media All of them back there They're all fake news he says No everybody thinks that's kind of You know it doesn't mean much But look at the people copying his ways All around the world whether it's Orban in Hungary, whether it's in the Philippines, there are thugs all over the world using the same kinds of language he's this using. This is
0: this is this is really what we're going to dig into, because Biden sounds like Jim Acosta and Jim Acosta sounds like Biden. They're both hawking things. They're both hawking things. Acosta is hawking a lie in the name of his book and Biden is hawking a lie in the name of his speech. So you're going to want to return. I'm going to pull this all together. We'll be right back. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arne argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings That will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com.
3: conservative, and proud
0: of it. Call the Mark Levin Show at 877 381 Joe Biden in Iowa today claims to be defending a free press. Now when you listen to this, I want you to keep a few things in mind. Well, let's, let's play it first. Let me not give up the punchline here. Let's play it first, and then I'll tell you what I'm thinking about this. Cut seven, go.
4: It's always been about the abuse of power. And look what he's doing. He not only attacks courts because he said, how can a judge with Mexican ancestry treat me fairly? The, 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 the news media, all of them back there, they're all fake news, he says. No, everybody thinks that's kind of, you know, it doesn't mean much.
0: By the can way, look- as I think about what Biden said about the Indian accent and the Dunkin' Donuts, or oh, I think about how he and Obama treated Netanyahu when he came visiting that time. Remember? Made him go down the back steps while they were eating, or Obama was eating dinner, whatever it was. Uh, pretty damn appalling. Pretty damn appalling. When I think about the way Joe Biden treated Clarence Thomas, an African-American, I don't think we need any lectures from from Joe Biden or soft segregation Joe in 1975 when there was busing in Wilmington. He he trying to take both sides of the issue. Finally, he took the segregation side and later the integration side. This, this man is uh, he, he's an appalling politician for half a century. Go ahead.
4: All around the world, whether it's Orban in Hungary, whether it's in the Philippines, there are thugs all over the world using the same kinds of language he's using now. And what, what are we saying to the world? What are we saying to the world? And folks, you know, the goal is simple. When he discredits the news, discredits the free press, he gets to run roughshod over the country. And By the way, as you've noticed, press isn't always that great with me. I'm not that crazy about them sometimes, too, what they write. But they are the fourth estate. As Jefferson said, if I have to choose, paraphrasing them, one of the three branches of the government or a free press, I pick the free press.
0: Yeah, but you know what? You didn't. When you were vice president and Obama was president, you didn't pick a free press. And I want you to listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. It's page 112 and beyond in Unfreedom of the Press. Barack Obama. Like Franklin Roosevelt, Obama acted against the media in a variety of significant ways. A retired Washington Post executive editor writing on the opinion page explained that The Justice Department secretly subpoenaed and seized from telephone companies two months of records for 20 Associated Press phone lines and switchboards used by more than 100 reporters in four of its news bureaus. The Obama administration subpoenaed and seized records of telephone calls and emails between several New York Times reporters and government officials, between a Fox News reporter and a State Department contract analyst, and between two journalists and a former CIA officer. These lectures from Biden, he's the last guy to talk about a free press. Specifically, in 2010, the FBI spied on James Rosen, and a then Fox News reporter collecting his cell phone records seizing two days of his personal emails and using his State Department security badge to track his movements in and out of the department. The FBI also accused him of violating the espionage of 1917, at the very least, either as an aider, a better, and or a co-conspirator, quote-unquote, with one of his government sources. James Risen, not to be confused with James Rosen, James Risen, a reporter for the New York Times, was also treated as a co-conspirator with a government source who was indicted by the Obama administration under the Espionage Act of 1917. Risen, the reporter, was subpoenaed. The government sought access to his phone and computer records, tried to compel him to testify against one of his sources, and for several years threatened him with imprisonment. Risen would later describe the Obama administration as, quote, the greatest enemy of press freedom in a generation, unquote. The Associated Press found that, quote, the Obama administration used the 1917 Espionage Act with unprecedented vigor, protecting, excuse me, prosecuting more people under the law for leaking sensitive information to the public than all previous modern administrations combined, Obama's Justice Department dug into confidential communications between news organizations and their sources as part of that effort. Excuse me. In response to the Obama administration's surveillance of the Associated Press, its CEO, Gary Pruitt, wrote that, quote, "...these records potentially reveal communications with confidential sources across all the news-gathering activities undertaken by the AP during a two-month period." provide a roadmap to AP's news-gathering operations, and disclose information about AP's activities and operations that the government has no conceivable right to know. Nobody questioned Joe Biden the way I'm questioning him right now. Nobody. That's why this damnable modern mass media is not the media of a free press. That's why these damnable frauds, won't read my book, Won't talk about my book, at least in any intelligent way. The Obama administration also briefly entertained the idea of overseeing the content of radio programming because of the structural imbalance, quote-unquote, of such content. The draft proposal from the FCC's legal department included a program that would place government monitors in newsrooms to determine how stories were selected, whether there was bias in reporting and whether critical information needs were being met. If the program had been instituted, the monitors would have been placed not only in broadcast newsrooms, but also print media outlets that the FCC had no regulatory authority over. We don't need any lectures from Joe Biden. Donald Trump hasn't done this to the media. Joe Biden did this to the media. Says we've never seen anything like this before. He talks about dictators. Really. David Beto, again, this is from Unfreedom of the Press. Again, this is why I strongly encourage you to get it. This book is really. Uh, I'm trying to say it without seeming too uh, self serving here. Je- I-, I just want to strongly encourage you to get it for Father's Day. Let me put it to you that way. You can read it and draw your own conclusions. David Beto, beit Professor, University of Alabama. Let's talk about FDR. FDR's war against the press during the New Deal and later World War II. For example, at its inception in 1934, the Federal Communications Commission reduced the license renewal period for stations from three years to only six months. Why? This allowed Roosevelt maximum authority over the life and death of radio stations. Meanwhile, Roosevelt tapped Herbert Petty as Secretary of the FCC. Petty had overseen radio for Roosevelt in his 1932 campaign. After his appointment, he worked in tandem with the DNC to handle radio matters, quote-unquote, with both the networks and local stations. And you have to remember, radio was even bigger than it is today. It was bigger than TV. It did not take long for broadcasters to get the message. NBC announced that it was limiting broadcasts contrary to the policies of the United States government. CBS Vice President Henry Bellows said that no broadcast would be permitted over the Columbia Broadcasting System that in any way was critical of any policy of the administration. He elaborated that the Columbia System was at the disposal of President Roosevelt and his administration and they would permit no broadcast that did not have his approval. But listen to this. This just shows you the lies that we get from Biden, the lies that we get from Sam Donaldson today, defending Jim Acosta, the lies that that come out of Jim Acosta's mouth. Roosevelt's manipulation and reach went well beyond the nascent broadcast media. The professor explained that Roosevelt's intimidation efforts reached their apogee In the hands of the Special Senate Committee on Lobbying, the president indirectly recruited Senator Hugo Black, Democrat, Alabama, a zealous and effective New Deal loyalist as chair. And by the way, his first nominee, he would become his first nominee as associate justice to the Supreme Court, and Black was a lawyer for the Klan in Alabama. Had been. So here he is, a senator. The Black Committee undertook a wide-ranging investigation into anti-New Deal critics, including journalists. Senator Black was granted access to tax returns dating back to 1925 of such critics as David Lawrence of the United States News. He then demanded that his targets turn over their private telegrams. Sound familiar, Mr. Nadler? Turn over their private telegrams, and the telegraph companies let the committee search copies of all incoming and outgoing telegrams for the first nine months of 1935. When Western Union refused on privacy grounds, the FCC, at Black's urging, ordered it to comply. The extent of the government's intrusion into private telegram communications was shocking. Over a nearly three-month period, at the end of 1935, writes Professor Bido, FCC and Black committee staffers searched great stacks of telegrams in Western Union's DC office operating with virtually no restriction. They read the communications of sundry lobbyists newspaper publishers and conservative political activists as well as every member of Congress Writing to Black, one investigator stated they had gone through 35,000 to 50,000 telegrams per day Various newspapers and members of Congress later estimated that staffers had examined some 5 million telegraphs over the course of the investigation. The committee used the information it found as a basis for more than 1,000 subpoenas. One of these was for all incoming and outgoing telegrams, not just those sent through Washington, D.C., of W.H. Cole's anti-New Deal newspaper chain in the Northwest. And I can go on and on and on. And the book does. And yet they paint Trump as the great danger. Trump as the great racist. That would be Woodrow Wilson, the anti-Semite. That would be the Franklin Roosevelt administration. That would be the New York Times covering up the Holocaust. As a a man who hates the media. No, no, no. Actually, the media hate the media. The media are destroying the free press. But boy, did they love Franklin Roosevelt. They love Barack Obama. Who did enormous damage to freedom of the press and the media. And yet they're going to continue with their lies and their propaganda. Whether it's Jim Acosta or Sam Donaldson or Joe Biden. They all sound the same. They all sound the same. I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus Welcome to Hillsdale. On Freedom of the Press. It's obvious now that they've tried two tactics on my book. They've tried personally attacking me, but I have this megaphone, this microphone, and I respond. And now they give you the silent treatment like you don't exist. They don't want America to be aware of this book. And sadly, they're not the only ones. There's even some people in my own business. They're not going to allow the title of this book to cross their lips as they're reading it and cherry picking it. That's okay. But there are millions of you who do care about this, who are engaged in this. And when you hear what a Joe Biden says, when you read what Sam Donaldson said today, obviously writing for CNN when you watch Jim Acosta on the network shows or wherever he is you know they're frauds you know what they're saying can't be true and I'm going to give you the muscle the substance the actual news and information to arm you with the facts they don't want you to know about this they don't want you to know about Franklin Roosevelt. They don't want you to remember Barack Obama. They don't want you to know about Woodrow Wilson. So they keep, keep, keep telling you that nobody's ever done anything like Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump hasn't done anything to them. He fights back. He defends himself, he defends his family He defends his businesses, he defends his reputation He defends his office, he fights back They're trying to beat him down day in and day out But we need to fight back and beat them back With our noggins, with our heads, with our brains How many times have we invited Jim Acosta on this program, Mr. Producer? A bunch, he won't come on why not, Mr. Acosta? You're everywhere else. Come on my program. We'll talk about what's in your book and we'll talk about what's in my book. He won't do it. How come CBS Sunday morning with all the music and the picture of the butterflies and the flowers and the, and the quiet lakes and everybody talking like zombies kind of putting you to sleep after you wake up on a Sunday Oh, let's watch Sunday Morning with Jane Pauley. Oh, yes. why are they afraid of me why are the news media afraid of me I'm prepared to have a serious intellectual engagement with them and I'll go through the stats and I'll go through the facts and I'll go through history and I'll talk about propaganda techniques I'm ready are they ready of course they're not and that's why this book was written for you Not for them. And Father's Day is the perfect time. So there's Joe Biden out there telling you that the things Donald Trump says you hear these things said by dictators. Let me tell you something, dummy. You always have been a dummy and you always will be a dummy. Let me tell you something. When Barack Obama went went overseas and trashed his own country that was music to every ear of every dictator. When Barack Obama eviscerated the United States military, every dictator, every enemy of America loved it. When Barack Obama sided with the Muslim Brotherhood against the Egyptian people, the Muslim Brotherhood against the Israeli people, our enemies loved it. They loved it. And when Barack Obama attacks this country, whether it's the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence, That dummy sat right next to him, smiling the whole time, a.k.a. Joe Biden. Oh, they love our country so much, don't you know? I'll be right back. He's here. He's
3: here. Broadcasting broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
0: Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, Jack Schaefer has been, maybe still is, a fairly senior writer at Politico. He's big lib. He is sarcastic, not particularly sharp, but every now and then he writes something that's interesting. And when I write these books, I do a lot of research. And he was extremely critical of the failure of the Obama-Biden administration to reply to FOIA requests. Then he said, under the Obama administration, the U.S. government has set a new record for withholding Freedom of Information Act requests, according to the Associated Press investigation. FOIA gives the public and press an irreplaceable view into the workings of the executive branch. So here we have Biden railing on, paraphrasing Jefferson. Without timely release of government documents and data, vital questions can't be answered and stories can't be written, he says. Then I point out, no matter, for the vast majority of journalists, Obama's transformative, progressive agenda was paramount. And the Democratic Party press was mainly there to help him. But Schaefer wrote that at an awards ceremony for excellence in political reporting, Obama was the keynote speaker. And he praised journalists, just like Biden does. Schaefer noted that, quote, the last person in the world who should be lecturing journalists on how to do journalism is President Barack Obama. And you can replace Obama with Biden. Yet there Obama was at a journalism awards ceremony, yodeling banalities about the role of a press in a free society, moaning over the dangers posed by he said, she said reporting, and to the delight of the assembled audience attacking Donald Trump in every way but by name. The press-heavy crowd clapped at Obama's 30-minute address, encouraging his best Trump-baiting lines about free media and the dangers of false equivalence. What they should have done is bombard Obama with rotten fruit or ripped him with raspberries for his hypocrisy. Schaefer, who dislikes Trump, stumbles around the point. That is, the journalists agreed with Obama's policies and politics just as they did with Franklin Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson, just as they did with John Kennedy and Lyndon Johnson. Biden is in no position, no position to pretend he's the defender of a free press. And let me ask you something. In all seriousness, ladies and gentlemen, in all seriousness, Is there another person in broadcasting anywhere in this country who's raised the points I have? Which are crucially important. Is there another one? No. And we can't criticize the press, that is, the Democratic Party press. Day after day, as cited in my book, page after page, they call this president Hitler. Even now, in this speech, Biden suggests to you that he's no better than a neo-Nazi or a Klansman. It's sick. Let me give you another example. This is all important. It all ties into what's going on in politics and current events in the future of this country. To my shock, and it is a shock, there was a decent piece in Mediate. Mediate. And If the guy's name hadn't been uh, somehow removed from my printing of the article, uh, I would give him the credit that is due him. The Daily Beast. The Daily Beast is a left-wing website. It's a left-wing website. And he writes here, The Daily Beast is worried about Fox News Channel speculating baselessly about the health of former Vice President and current senior citizen Joe Biden, who's running for the highest office in the land, and for the moment, leading the pack. On Twitter, Daily Beast editor Sam Stein tweeted about it, sharing the article from his website, as editors are wont to do. So in other words, the Daily Beast and other so-called news sites are trashing Fox News, which is what they do all the time. And by the way, how come when Democrats trash Fox News, how come when liberals trash Fox News, we don't hear quotes from Thomas Jefferson? We don't hear comparisons with the critics with Kim Jong-un or Erdogan. Isn't that interesting? Just a fact. So the Daily Beast is very upset. How dare anybody at Fox question question Joe Biden's health or mental acuity? And then he links to this. This Daily Beast piece. Look at this. The President by by Gal Sheehy. The President attacks the mayor of San Juan after a devastating hurricane as the death toll rises. In his main UN speech he threatens North Korea with total destruction. His tweet storms show a narcissistic mind obsessed with cutting down critics and igniting culture wars while ignoring the responsibilities of his office. No wonder a new poll shows that a stunning 56% Of Americans believe Donald Trump is not fit to serve as president. Now, this is an older piece, of course. October 3, 2017. But it goes on. While much of America has begun speaking openly about the mental state of their president, the actual professionals in the field of psychiatry are prohibited from doing so because of the gag rule imposed by the American Psychiatric Association. Until now. 27 eminent psychiatrists and psychologists, including professors from Harvard, Yale, and Stanford, have rebelled against the so-called Goldwater Rule in favor of what they see as their own ethical duty to warn the public of the perils of being led by a president who will feed this malignant narcissism at any cost. Their essays are collected in a powerful new book called The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, Which hits bookstores on October 2. They warn that the Trump effect has created a malignant normalcy, a collective psychological anesthesia. It's the kind of hush that falls before an impending hurricane or an October surprise. As comforting as this lull may feel, evidence mounts. Evidence mounts that the worst is coming. This is not a bleached academic text. It is a kaleidoscope of vivid observations of a baffling personality. These experts observer, uh, expert observers of behavior argue that this president provides them with a vast treasure of public performances, videos, Twitter screeds on which to base their assessments of his mental state. Of his mental state? But don't say anything about Joe Biden. Don't even suggest he doesn't look healthy or he slurs his words or anything of the sort. And certainly not Hillary Clinton when she was running. No. Again, page 80 and beyond in freedom of the Press. On October 3, 2017, these 27 psychiatrists and psychologists released a book the dangerous case of Donald Trump, and summarized their position as follows. There are those who still hold hold out hope that this president can be prevailed upon to listen to reason and curb his erratic behavior. Our professional experience would suggest otherwise. Collectively, with our co-authors, we warn that anyone as mentally unstable as Mr. Trump simply should not be entrusted with the life and death powers of the presidency. This was all given enormous Media attention. They got platforms all over the place. And it's revealing, I write, that in the book's prologue, Lee and Dr. Judith Lewis Herman disclosed that soon after the presidential election in 2016, alarmed by the apparent mental instability of the president-elect. They write, we both separately circulated letters among some of our professional colleagues expressing our concerns. So their quest to alert the world to Donald Trump's alleged mental instability began immediately after his successful election over Hillary Clinton whose mental instability is never questioned. The various essays in their book were written by different authors, but don't say anything about Joe Biden the Daily Beast says, not a word, while they hawked this. While they hawked this a year and a half ago. Each assigned a chapter with the title such as, it's page 83 for those following, Unbridled and Extreme Present Hedonism, How the Leader of the Free World Has Proven Time and Again He's Unfit for Duty. Pathological Narcissism in Politics, A Lethal Mix, Sociopathy, Donald Trump is a Bad, Be Mad, See All the Above. Cognitive impairment. These are chapters. Cognitive impairment, dementia, and POTUS. A clinical case for the dangerousness of Donald J. Trump. Trump anxiety disorder The Trump effect on the mental health of half the nation and special populations. In relationship with an abusive president. Trump's daddy issues, a toxic mix for America. Who goes Trump? Tyranny as a triumph of narcissism. He's got the world in his hands and his finger on the trigger. The 25th Amendment solution. On January 3, 2018, Lee, Professor Lee and congressional Democrats and a Republican senator met in secret. And Politico reported lawmakers concerned about President Trump's mental state summoned Yale University psychiatry professor Dr. Brandy X. Lee to Capitol Hill last month for two days of briefings about his recent behavior. Private meetings with more than a dozen members of Congress held on December 5 and 6. Lee briefed lawmakers. Her professional warning to Capitol Hill is going to unravel and we're seeing the signs. And the Democrat Party press was more than happy to use this slander. The Daily Beast, which is attacking Fox News for raising what's obvious, what you see with both your eyes and hear with both your ears when it comes to Biden. And they're not doing an analysis of his mental state. They're saying, hey, look, he sounds this, he looks that. No. The Daily Beast hawked the Lee book, pushed it, and now attacks Fox News. And again, these these constant attacks on Fox News. Nobody ever says you're hurting the free press when you attack Fox News. Nobody ever says you sound like the dictator's... ...from around the world when you attack Fox News. No, 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 no. Now, you all deserve Nobel Prizes for doing that. I'll be right back.
1: Mark Lupin.
0: Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish... ...and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit. But most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, Right? how much we should be eating, and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, dot com, offer code LEVIN. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, as is typical of the left and the Democrat Party and the media, they attack people for who they are. That is, the Democrat Party and the media, they attack people for what they've done. The president hasn't done any of these things. This is a pathetic, sickening joke. A pathetic, sickening joke. And I want to reiterate, I am prepared to debate Mr. Costa. Here, behind my microphone, on Levin TV, on my Fox show. I'm prepared to do that. I'd like to do that. Rather than him getting away with these relatively easy softball interviews. And he positioning himself as somehow defending the First Amendment in the press against a tyrant of a president. He has no idea what a tyrant of a president is. Why all the fluff coverage of Obama? And how Biden's got the shtick down? That Donald Trump is against a free press. Donald Trump isn't against a free press. He's against the Democratic Party press. A dishonest mass media that wraps itself in the First Amendment while it's destroying the First Amendment, which is what progressives do. They wrap themselves in the Constitution like Nadler and Schiff while they're destroying the Constitution, while they reject the Electoral College and the outcome of the vote in 2016. And they detest the people who support Trump and who voted for Trump, just like the never-Trumpers. Just like the never-Trumpers. CNN is a dishonest organization. This is CNN. What it ought to have up there is this is CNN. CNN. Democratic Party press, they ought to be doing the same thing at MSNBC. Well, at MSNBC they could say, you know, Marxist press, something like that. But you get the point. Same with the nightly news. The New York Times really ought to change its banner from all the news that's fit to print to something more honest, like the Democrat Party newspaper. At least there was some integrity from 1780 to 1860, give or take. At least there was some integrity. When the media self-identified. But most of the media today lies to you. They lie to you about who they are and what they're doing. And then when you raise it, they say you're attacking freedom of the press. We're not playing that game anymore. We're not playing that game anymore. We don't have to go along with this anymore. We are the ones who believe in freedom of the press, not them. Not them. bizpackreview.com bizpackreview.com No bias CNN slam for hyperbolic Chiron declares Biden to eviscerate Trump in Iowa speech. Now this is just today. By Vivex Saxena. CNN is biased and hypocritical. CNN is arguably, the author writes, a heavily partisan network whose contributors, anchors, and pundits have no qualms about openly displaying their pro-Democrat, anti-Republican bias. Take, for instance, the glaring biased Chiron That appeared on CNN early this morning. After 2020 contender, former Vice President Joe Biden released a transcript of what he intended to say during an event in Iowa. That he's going to eviscerate Trump. Here's what the chyron said all day. Biden to eviscerate Trump in Iowa speech today. That was the CNN chyron. As if they are the campaign communications wing of the Democrat Party and Biden, which they effectively are. While the intent was to highlight the former VP's plans to criticize President Donald Trump during his speech in Iowa, the choice of words drew attention on social media for a couple of notable reasons. For one, the dictionary definition of eviscerate is to take out the entrails of and disembowel, according to Merriam-Webster. Was CNN, therefore, condoning violence? No, they weren't condoning violence. They're just illiterate and hysterical, and unhinged in their hate for Donald Trump and his supporters. And let me tell you something. They are used to Republicans like Mitt Romney. After a couple of bruising rounds, a day or two or three or a couple of weeks, they buckle. They're used to to Republicans who not only buckle, but then throw in with the Democrat Party press on policy, more and more than buckle on Obamacare, more and more than buckle on so-called man-made climate change. They joined in at attacking the president when he was trying to use the tools that he had to force the Mexican government to help us prevent illegal aliens traveling through Mexico to come into our country. The president has to keep looking over his shoulder. Those are the kind of Republicans they like. And you and I detest. I'll be right back. Eight three three ring B H N. Get fifteen percent off your first order with promo code Levin. That's Brickhouse L E V I N dot or call eight three three ring B H N. Promo code Levin.
5: A champion
3: of freedom.
5: You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811.
0: This Elizabeth Warren is like a shrill, loose cannon. Not because she's a woman, because she's a shrill, loose cannon and there's a Chiron up now how Elizabeth Warren's proposals could reshape the American economy reshape the American economy It will destroy the American economy and why do we want to reshape the American economy what is this crap the greatest economy on the face of the earth why would we want to reshape it reshape it into what now's the time Biden to pop up and say Elizabeth Warren sounds like a lot of dictators all over the world doesn't she they all do. We're going to do this with the economy, and we're going to do that, and we're going to we're going to take this from this one and give it to that one. Under what authority? What do you think your framers of the Constitution would say? What do you think the revolutionaries during the Revolutionary War would say? No, you're not. No, you're not. This Father's Day, give Dad a gift packed with the Omaha steaks he craves. Go to omahasteaks.com. Make sure you enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, in the search bar for 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package. It's a $235 value, now for only $59.99. Order now, and you'll get get a load of this. Two tender filet mignons. Two bold top sirloins. Now, I could just stop there, right? But I'm not. Two savory pork chops. Four Omaha Steaks burgers, four massive gourmet jumbo franks, four crispy chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, a premium chicken breast, four of them, four caramel apple tartlets for dessert, a packet of Omaha Steaks signature seasoning, and you'll get four extra Omaha Steaks burgers free. Wow. I'm breathless just, just saying it. Give this a ama- The only thing we need, Mr. Producer, is a bottle of ketchup. But you know what? We can do that ourselves. Mark, give this amazing package as a gift for dad or stock up for incredible summer grilling, all at 74% off. Again, order now, and you can get this exclusive Omaha Steaks Father's Day Steak Fix Package, valued at $235 for just $59.99. Just go to OmahaSteaks.com, type in code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, into the search bar. Don't wait. The offer ends soon. Father's Day is right upon us. Go to OmahaSteaks.com, type in code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, and get that deal. That is an incredible deal. Your father, your husband, your son, you, you will love that deal. I know you will. Elizabeth Warren's proposals could reshape the American economy. Yes, they could. And how is she qualified to do that? Does anybody know? How is this? This I would call her an egghead, but she's not even an egghead. She's a dunderhead. And she keeps moving hard left, hard left, hard left. The hard left of the Democrat Party keeps dragging us into this abyss. Have you noticed? By the way, a couple more stupid states are going for the the National Popular Vote Initiative. A National Popular Vote Initiative. Wow. Sounds so democratic. The point is to try and unconstitutionally get around the Electoral College. So as California goes, so goes the rest of the nation. Is that what the framers intended? Then you have these idiots in these smaller states that go along with it. They don't even realize that they're They're giving up their own autonomy. It's incredible. They're destroying the power of their state, the vote in their state. And as I've said before, and of course the backbenchers repeat it, well then get rid of the U.S. Senate. Why do we have two senators from low population states? That's hardly quote unquote democratic, but just always keep something in mind, folks. The Democrats believe the ends justify the means. So they support the popular vote. Except when they disagree with it. Then they support a judicial oligopoly, Except when they disagree with it. They always support the permanent bureaucracy. Because they created it. It's in their back pocket. And that massive army, that permanent bureaucracy has nothing to do with democracy and direct vote. That's the point. It's permanent. Unelected judges who serve for life have nothing to do with the popular vote. This is a very serious matter. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. We're a republic. And so, again, they want to fundamentally transform the country. They want to destroy republicanism and replace it with momocracy. Just listen to how they talk. It's a funny thing. Everyone hangs on every syllable that President Trump uses, every syllable of every word in any tweet. Look, look, look at this. And what did he mean by nasty? Oh my God, nasty? Nasty. What do you mean? Can't call the, a princess nasty. By the way, who gives a damn about the princess? All of a sudden, the libs care about the royalty. Is this a joke? But anyway, that aside. But, when they talk about fundamentally transforming America, this God, I would love to debate these people. They won't debate me. This Kamala Harris, how many times have we tried her, Mr. Producer? Half a dozen? How many times over the years have I tried Schumer? 20? We've even tried Romney. He's hiding under a rock. I want to talk to them. When does the pop, where does the popular vote end and lifetime appointment of judges begin? I need to understand this. What is the constitutional authority for a two million person strong bureaucracy? I want to discuss it with them. They don't want to discuss it. I want to go deep with Mr. Bernie Sanders. I want to discuss Marx and Hegel. And Rousseau, I want to discuss the roots of his ideology with him. Without Clapping Seal's audience, you know, hand-picked, or dunderheads out there who are dressed up as journalists. No, no, I want to question him. But they don't want to be questioned. We've tried Elizabeth Warren, right, Mr. Producer? No, go. We've tried almost all of them. We even tried this guy. What's his name? Small. What is his name? This congressman. No, no, no. You just sent me an email and said he won't come on the show. Seth Baltine. I believe he was former special forces, right? And a Massachusetts. He won't come on the program. He's a tough guy. I don't know why he won't come on the program. He said some asinine things the last week, and I want to question him. He won't come on the program. Seth won't come on the program. They're all over the place. They won't come on the program. We've tried to get Jerry Nadler over the decades. Won't come on the program. Adam Schiff, no. Maxine Waters, no. What are they afraid of? I'll be very respectful to them. I won't treat them the way they treat us. I won't treat them the way they treat Republicans. I won't treat them the way they treat the president. I'll be very respectful. But I'm going to be very, well, I'll be very respectful. We can't get them. They don't want to talk. They'd rather caricature us or characterize us. They'd rather argue with their own self created image of us so they can position themselves. I believe in free speech, I believe in debate. I believe in freedom of the press Jim Acosta won't come on the pro. none of them will as a matter of fact none of them will now you're a big audience folks there's millions and millions and millions of you out there you're a big audience but they're not interested well so be it let us let's see Scott Pueblo Colorado the great KVOR go right ahead sir thanks for taking my call I
5: love listening to you it's a pleasure thank you thank you um, I'm a psychologist and when you yes, talk sir. about psychologists who wrote a book and diagnosed somebody that's completely political that you can't diagnose somebody from their public persona I would never let an intern or a supervisee do that I'd have a lot of issues with them so I got a lot of problems with that right up the bat and I could I could also list them out but I mean one of the things that when we do evaluations or we do uh, assessment of somebody I mean you t- you collect a lot of data points and one of the things I, I like I said I tell my interns and supervisees you don't just collect the data that supports your theory and throw out all the stuff that you don't like to talk about because then I'm, we're still scientists I mean The other thing that I have a problem with is when it's like 37 people agree. We're not a consensus. The data tells you what's right or wrong, (laughs) not if everybody agrees and they're sea-jerk that all of a sudden that's what what science is.
0: Well, you make excellent, excellent points, and yet these people are very popular in the uh, modern mass media. They promote this stuff, and they know they're being promoted, and they put 27 essays together in the form of a book and pushed it out there.
5: Well, I hope they have fun selling out my profession, because they're a
0: bunch of
5: sellouts. Mm-hmm. Hope they made a right. lot of money.
0: Well, I hope they didn't. But, Scott, thank you for your call, my friend. Much appreciated. Let's see. Sonny, McAllen, Texas, on Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead.
6: First off, God bless you, Mark. You know, you are the true voice of Patriots. And just saying well, thank you, it's not enough.
0: Well, you're very kind. Thank you, sir.
6: A shout-out to my dad, David Spo. Love you, Dad. Uh, but I'm a millennial. Uh, yes, sir. I'm a 11-night Le- patriotic millennial. Yes. We Thank exist. you. But uh, I'm not a third-wave feminist, social justice warrior, <laughs> snowflake <laughs> millennial that we, my generation's known for. But we're, uh, you know, red-pilling our own generation on the daily. Um, you know, your, your book's so eye-opening. Um, you know, After I read it, I gave it to my 18-year-old left-leaning sister in hopes of red-pilling her. And I hope she passes it on too. So uh, you know, I hope that's uh, you know the way it goes. And uh, but that's not the reason I'm calling you today, Mark. Uh, yes, sir. Kind of I need your expertise.
0: Go right
7: uh, ahead.
6: You know, I, ne- I never back down from a you know a few of the liberal doctors I work with, and you know I can usually hold my own. Um, but in this one recent debate I had with a liberal doctor, we were kind of debating. Uh,
0: go go for it. What what was the issue?
6: So we were, you know, it was about the modern Democratic Party and, uh, you know, how they're the party of slavery. They're the party of the KKK, the party of segregation, and Jim Crow. Um, but uh, he brought up a point which I, I didn't have much of a rebuttal.
0: What did he say?
6: Well, it's rare because I'm so well read, Mark. But he he said uh, that, you know, the Democrats are still the part, if the part, if the Democrats are still the party of the KKK, then why does the KKK Vote
0: Republican. All right. First of all, I, nobody says they're still the party of the KKK. They're the party of race baiting. And who knows if the KKK votes Republican? Is that how they register? Hey, I'm with the KKK and I'm registering Republican. I don't know that to be the case in the least. And who is it that sounds like the KKK? Omar and Talib, and the other racists. So, I would say to your doctor friend, can you point exactly where you're getting your information from? And it's a How, small where, where where is the KKK Republican population? What's that?
6: You're talking about 000. 000.1 of the population. There's like a thousand members, so it's like they don't even matter. You know, they're 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 not-
0: no No, but he if a fellow doctor or or doctors, you know. Assert something, then make them demonstrate it Because I'm unaware of this You should know that the threats I get are from Klansmen and neo-Nazis They're not from jihadists Those are the threats I get The threats my friend Ben Shapiro get are from neo-Nazis and Klansmen And so this idea that neo-Nazis and Klansmen are Republican and so forth No evidence for that whatsoever We do know their history We do know their history But even now, when you look at the Democrat Party, where are the anti-Semites, the open-mouthed, full-throated anti-Semites? Can you name one Republican senator or congressman who's an anti-Semite that you're aware of?
6: No, they're all all on the left.
0: I can name them on the left. I can name them on the left. I can name them in the media. They bring these professors on and so forth. And, of course, the New York Times, the gold standard, you know, for the media. That doesn't mean uh, that the Republican Party is pure and so forth. Nobody's saying that. But the idea that this doctor is saying to you, well, you know, the Klan, they vote Republican. He has no idea. That's just, you know, a brain burp. I'll put it that way. Thanks for your call. We'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: Gillibrand, who used to be a moderate to conservative representative from uh, more rural parts of New York. She's gone absolutely bat crazy, of course. And she's comparing being pro-life to being racist. Sick. Absolutely sick. You know, my good friends at the Media Research Center are planning this terrific cruise to the Mediterranean in September. And I'm told it's filling up fast and they're telling you the truth, you should go to mrccruise.com or call 888-MRC-TRIP for all the details. mrccruise.com or call 888-MRC-TRIP. Now, there's a formula for these things, and the MRC has really figured it out. Now, what does that mean? Well, it starts with great speakers. Now, in this case, you have Brent Bozell, Alan West. Cal Thomas, Jason Chavitz, Joe Piscopo, the Honorable James Buckley, Terry Jeffrey, and many, many others. People who are intelligent, interesting, leaders in their field, and people who enjoy talking with people like you. And if you sign up, you'll get to have dinner with a few of them and pick their brains. It's an extraordinary opportunity that few people ever get, quite frankly. They also pick excellent ships with great itineraries, and they really focus on making sure everyone is fun, everyone's comfortable, everyone's taken care of. It's not all serious. And you really deserve it, don't you? You really deserve it yourself to take a break. And now, of course, you'll be discussing all kinds of topics, but the goal is to have fun and meet like-minded people, and you'll meet them. They'll be friends for life. And I guarantee you will make new friends. All you have to do is go to com or call 888 MRC trip. They can answer all your questions, but you need to do it right away. That's com or call 888 MRC trip. Matter of fact, I have an idea. This is a great Father's Day gift for your husband. And it's a gift for you too. You and your husband take this trip as a Father's Day gift. I mean, it really would be a tremendous surprise and, and really very cool. MRCCruise.com or call 888 MRC Trip. All right. Let's see who's out there. We don't have a lot of time, but let's slip a call in here. Franz, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the great WTRW. Go. Greetings, Mr. Levin. Am I missing
7: something here with the Electoral College? Is it not protected by the Constitution? So isn't it a federal, you know, it's federal, not states, right? Am, am I naive about this? Because well, they're trying
0: I- to spin the language in the Electoral College is what they're trying to do. Because remember, the electors vote in the Electoral College. And the electors are supposed to vote as the people vote. So if the electors vote for, say, Trump, then the, uh, the people do in the state, then the electors are supposed to. But the states are saying we can change our laws to say... They have to vote not for who the people vote for in the state, but who is voted for the popular vote throughout the country. I think it's an abomination.
2: He's here. He's here.
3: Now broadcasting from the underground command post in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number,
0: 877 381 381 Best I can tell, it looks like the Department of Justice is undertaking a very expansive investigation, a very broad probe into surveillance abuses. I mean, that sounds good. Let's hope it ends up that way. And, uh, excuse me, I knocked the mic over. Here's how Fox News reports on this. As part of its ongoing multifaceted and broad review into potential misconduct by U.S. intelligence agencies during the 2016 presidential campaign, the Justice Department revealed it is also investigating the activities of several non-governmental organizations and individuals. Additionally, the DOJ announced that the probe, led by Connecticut U.S. Attorney John Durham, was <coughs> excuse me looking into the involvement of foreign intelligence services. Former Trump aide George Papadopoulos told Fox News last month that an informant who was likely CIA and affiliated with Turkish Intel had posed as a Cambridge University research assistant in September 2016 and tried to seduce him to obtain information linking the Trump team to Russia. I would advise Mr. Brennan, call your lawyer. Just in case. The information was contained in a letter to House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler, who had inquired as to the scope of Durham's investigation. The letter could indicate... And by the way, notice Nadler has no real interest in any of this stuff, in getting to the bottom of anything. Let's see here. The letter could indicate that the DOJ is looking closely at work done during the campaign by Fusion GPS, Hillary Clinton's firm and the DNC to conduct opposition research against the Trump campaign. Fusion GPS in turn hired British ex Christopher Steele, as you know, to produce an unverified dossier that the FBI went on to cite in secret FISA court applications to surveil former Trump aide Carter Page. Do you know there's not a single Democrat in Congress interested in any of this? Don't you find that shocking? I find it shocking. Not a single one. I mean, this is the real police state stuff I thought they were concerned about. Let's see here. Well, anyway, I thought that would be interesting to you. It's certainly interesting to me. And I hope they get everything they need to get. Truly do. Listen to this from Politico, your Republican Party. Mitch McConnell, I have no respect for Mitch McConnell. His defenders throughout Washington, D.C. will tell you that it's thanks to him that we got this, the court this, and the court. No, it's not. It's actually thanks to Harry Reid, the fool. Uh, uh, he pushed a uh, policy that has backfired on him. But listen to this from Politico. Trump budget negotiators get Republican brushback. GOP senators are not thrilled the president has deputized hardliners like Mick Mulvaney and Russ Vaught to reach a deal with Congress. Listen to this. Republican leaders sat down recently with President Donald Trump and his top aides about avoiding a budget debacle this fall. Not everyone was on the same page with Trump and acting White House Chief of Staff Mike Mulvaney at his side. Acting Budget Chief Russ Vaught repeatedly urged Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy to raise the debt ceiling without a broader agreement to lift stiff spending caps. So keep the spending caps on. If you want them to lift the debt ceiling, they're saying, we've got to control spending. McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, was open to different ways to raise the debt ceiling, eager to avoid default. It's not a default. But he eventually grew tired of hearing from Vaught. Listen, buddy, we're not going to do a clean debt ceiling. Get a budget caps deal, McConnell said, according to people familiar with the conversation in April. Folks, you need to understand all these years. I know what I'm talking about. Mitch McConnell is a massive government spender. Massive. He's bragging in Kentucky about all the grants he's gotten through his wife at the transportation department. Mitch McConnell is a spendaholic. This is how he tries to stay in power. This is how he controls those in the U.S. Senate. And this is how he remains the Republican leader. There really needs to be a serious expose done of this man. There really does. Everybody talks about Trump signing these spending bills. Okay, but who sends them to him? The Republicans have controlled the Senate for a while now. They're not cutting anything. Listen, buddy, we're not, going, we're not doing a clean debt ceiling. Get a budget caps deal. In other words, increase the caps, more spending, and the debt ceiling. And I'm telling you, I wrote another book, Plunder and Deceit. Those of you who have it, you ought to dust it off and take a look at it. Because what McConnell is doing is destroying the next generation. Every bit as much as Bernie Sanders. For years, Mulvaney and Voigt were the kind of conservative agitators that made life difficult for McConnell and his caucus. Now they have Trump's ear on fiscal issues and have been directed to cut a deal with Congress, even though they've already expressed resistance to increasing spending in any pact with Democrats, raising the prospect of another shutdown fight or even a debt ceiling showdown in the fall. And by the way, McConnell will have the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal right behind them, because they're massive spenders, too. Senate Republicans are not exactly thrilled, and they're not shy about brushing back Trump's aides. Notice they also leak to Politico. That's what they do. I don't see the leader as negotiating with OMB or the chief of staff. The leader doesn't negotiate with staff, said Senator John Cornyn, one of McConnell's closest allies, said dismissively. I hope somebody runs in the Republican primary in Texas against John Cornyn. I'm crossing my fingers that maybe Alan West will. I don't have any inside information. But if it's a conservative, I will back that person. John Cornyn is a disgrace. He's a Mitch McConnell light from a solid state like Texas. As to Mulvaney and Voigt's approach, quote, we don't need to cut spending, but cutting discretionary spending, especially defense spending, is not the place to save money. It's in the entitlement program. Okay, Cornyn, then what do you recommend, you jerk genius? What are you suggesting? Just keep spending and spending and spending? Nobody's talking about cutting defense spending. Let's see. We have massive food stamps. We ha- I can go down the list. Just take one of the many GAO reports. That talk about how this government wastes $125 billion a year. Wastes. So, Senate Republicans are instead pinning their hopes on Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, by the way, who is a liberal Democrat, who was deputized after the April encounter to enter into the critical spending talks. Mnuchin is viewed as so integral to the negotiations that a Tuesday meeting among Senate Republicans and the trio of administration officials was postponed to accommodate his schedule. In a meeting last month with Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell and Democratic leader Speaker Pelosi questioned the group's authority to negotiate on behalf of a tempestuous president, according to people familiar with the matter. Really? <laughs> is Pelosi concerned <laughs> well if she's concerned I'm thrilled much to the attendees surprise Mnuchin scribbled numbers outlining a possible spending deal on a piece of paper Democrats found the offer too low on domestic spending but saw it as evidence he has room to maneuver it the Democrats just want to keep spending it's as if they don't live in reality They want to change our economic system. They'll destroy our country. And at meetings with the administration in recent weeks, one Senate Republican, familiar with the talks, noted that at times Mnuchin has physically positioned himself more closely than usual to the president and lawmakers. That says something. He's the point man. Mnuchin is obviously the swing man right now, the senator said, who hastened to add a truism in Trump's White House. But it may change. Mnuchin hasn't yet successfully negotiated a spending deal with... Here's the problem. It'll go on and on in the weeds and nobody cares. Here's the problem. McConnell and Cornyn. But McConnell sets the stage and the tone. Remember, McConnell declared war on the Tea Party. Much like Boehner did and then Boehner quit Congress and went off to the pot industry. Which is really where he belongs, don't you think, Mr. Producer? He always struck me as a pothead. I'm not saying he was. But he's like a pothead without smoking pot, I think. You know, everybody, uh, I'm John Boehner, and you know, I really do believe in uh, marijuana for all. I I really think, uh, yeah, it's got all kinds of medicinal uses. Yeah, that's why people smoke it, for medicinal reasons. My neck hurts, my arm hurts, my butt hurts. Give me the marijuana. But the former Wall Street financier, Mnuchin, is seen as more amenable by Democrats and Republicans alike to compromise the Mulvaney, who served in the House for six years as a founding member of the hardline Freedom Caucus. Co- so now they're going to trash the fiscal conservative. What does Mitch McConnell stand for? He's not a social conservative. He's not a fiscal conservative. What is he? Oh, well, I'm here to make sure the place works on right. We got a bipartisan deal here. All kinds of spending and grants. Kinds of, yeah, we got a good deal going on here. <laughs> Senior administration officials and Republicans close to the White House are well aware of Senate Republicans' frustrations with Mulvaney and Vo- You should be furious, folks. Furious. That these clowns will do nothing about spending and debt. Nothing. It's not the president's job. It's Congress's job. They control the budget. They control spending. They control borrowing. And when the president tries to act on his own, whether it's the border and so forth, hey, you can't do that. No. We're in charge of immigration. We'll do something. No. We're not going to do anything. We'll let Pelosi take charge. The big spending Republicans, ladies and gentlemen, never left. As long as Mitch McConnell is in the United States Senate and as long as he is the leader of the Republicans, there's no hope to prune, even prune spending. There's no hope because he's not going to do it. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Let us go to Brent. Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Go right ahead.
8: Hello, Mark. It was an honor seeing you at the Reagan Library a few days ago. Thank
0: you. What a blast, huh?
8: Yes, but I didn't have enough time to ask you questions then, so I thought I'd bring up something now. Sure. Yeah, It was uh, my thought was the sly and satanic democratic deception of creating a moral equivalency between socialism and capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's theft, plunder, fraud, slavery, totalitarianism. They're not an economic system at all. It is sadistic sociopathy. And capitalism is, in fact, the only true real ethical economic system on the mm-hmm. planet. Mm-hmm. And it's biblically, it's biblically based as well. So I, I don't disagree with you.
0: You're quite right.
8: And, and so I, I think it's, it, we really have to attack this from a moral perspective, that how is it socialism became respectable? Everybody's forgotten the 100 million murdered, the 2 billion. It's because you plays. have
0: socialists with tenure dressed up as professors who have a captive audience. And parents need to start, you know, getting more involved and stop sending their kids to these kinds of institutions. Everybody, oh, my kid goes to an Ivy League school. Well, who cares? Who cares? It's time that we hold these schools to account.
8: And and you're doing such a wonderful job of just ripping the masks off of the monsters.
0: That's
1: all it
8: is. It's it's, It's a hydra with many heads.
0: You're very kind, and I agree with you, Brent. Thank you for your call. I know. Look, these are very complicated issues at this point. There's no easy answer. And I try to take them one at a time, like the press. I had the same questions you all did, and you asked me about it, and that's why I wrote the book on freedom of the press. And so we do a deep dive into that in what I think is a very understandable and digestible way. And we'll continue to pick off these issues. I think the next book I write, I'm not saying it's the case, it might be about academia. But right now, I'm trying to deal with what I consider a very diabolical hijacking of our freedom of the press. Washington Examiner Philip Klein, who I'm a big fan of, he's a great columnist there. Rachel Maddow moderating the first Democratic debates is a good thing, he says. I said, well, what's he talking about? He says the announcement that MSNBC's Rachel Maddow would be one of the moderators of the first set of Democratic debates was greeted with derision among some conservatives on Twitter. But he says it's actually a good thing. As a reminder, with a field of over 20 candidates, Democrats are facing an even more difficult position, staging debates early on than Republicans were in 2016. Now, to avoid the appearance of an undercard main event the Republicans had when they held both events on the same night and divided the field by polling numbers, Democrats will have two debates with 10 candidates on each night and randomly pick the participants. The two debates will be hosted by NBC on June 26 and June 27. Matta will be one of the moderators, along with Savannah Guthrie, Lester Holt, Chuck Todd, and Jose Diaz-Barlett. Ballard, the critique of having Maddow moderate is the assumption that an ideologically liberal moderator will ask softball questions of the Democratic candidates, but that need not be the case. Klein says, I've long been a believer that ideological media figures immersed in the issues of concern to their audiences can help raise issues that would not occur to other reporters. This is especially important during a primary when the purpose of the debate is to draw candidates out on their differences And help a party's voters determine who should be their nominee. A debate partially moderated by, say, Mark Levin would involve more pointed and specific questions on immigration and border security that addresses the concerns of talk radio listeners than, say, Lester Holt. And he goes on. But here's the problem, even though I I kind of agree with what uh, Philip is saying. The Republican Party would never allow me to question anybody. Never. Never. Rachel Maddow, yes, in the Democrat Party. Because she voices the radical elements within the base of the Democrat Party. The establishment Republican Party hates me. They hated me before Trump was on the scene. Because I call out individuals by name, but because I'm a an old Reaganite because I'm a Tea Party activist, because I'm an Article 5 activist, because now I'm a big supporter of President Trump. They hate me. I'm not invited to talk on Capitol Hill. And by the way, I don't want to be. Trust me. Ask anyone around me. But that's not my point. I'm not part of this crowd. I'm not part of this group. They may call other talk show hosts on the sly and something like that, but not me. And I don't want them to call me. So the point is, that might be a good idea, but it'll never happen. I'll be right back.
4: Mark Levin, an
5: unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist.
0: You can reach him at 877-381-3811. You know, people are pointing to a poll in New York where de Blasio is less popular in the state of New York than Donald Trump. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? That's what they're saying. And then they move on. Now, why do you think he's less popular in the state of New York than Donald Trump? Does anybody know? Why is that? Because he's an executive who's running a city as a socialist and he's destroying the progress that's been made in New York City. Because socialism doesn't work. Unless, of course, you're the enemy and you want to destroy American cities or American states or America. And so he's the most unpopular when it comes to Trump. Or he's more unpopular when it comes to Trump and him because he's a true blue excuse me, true red socialist. He's instituting numerous policies in that direction, and he's hurting his city. And the people in the city and the state know it. That's the point. That's the point. Well, somebody had to make it, so might as well be me. All right. If you believe that you're not being snooped on, well, then I'm sorry to disappoint me because you're, uh, you're wrong. Hackers, governments, and ad companies all slurp up your data. That's why I strongly recommend getting the software I trust to protect my own online activity. Express VPN. Now their apps use powerful encryption to secure your data. Express VPN runs in the background of your computer or phone. And then you use the internet just like you normally would. You download the app, click to connect, and you're protected. I never go online without ExpressVPN, and you shouldn't either. It's the best. ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN, It costs less than seven bucks a month, and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Take your online privacy like I did. Take it back with ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today, and find out how you can get three months free at ExpressVPN.com/slash mark. That's Express com slash mark, three months free with a one-year package. One more time, visit expressvpn.com slash mark to learn more. Let us go to Henry, Birmingham, Alabama, the great W. That's not right. We need W-E-R. the Birmingham. How are you, Henry? How are you listening to the program?
2: W E R C. W E R C.
0: <laughs> there you go
2: <laughs> hey mark how cool is this, man? I'm speaking to the man. I tell you, mark, I don't know how they're gonna um oh, I got an early day uh, early Father's Day present just about an hour ago, uh, yeah. but I'm kind of a little sad. I read the the dedication in front and yeah. uh made me you know I tell you, mark, you are a product of a nuclear family, and it proves to the socialist and the marxist that the nuclear family is what produces great men and women of our nation. I, I really appreciate that, your family, and what you've um, done for us just being really on your very show. Kind. I, I really you. do. You're a big guy for me. Any, anyway, how, the, how are they going to have a debt ceiling when they've got to pay somehow or another for their raise, and how are they going to be able to pay for
0: Now, hold on. The- Let's make sure everybody knows what you're talking about. There are members of Congress who want a pay raise including Aach. Aach wants a pay raise. She doesn't think, what is it, 175 whatever it is a year, is enough, given her deep skill set and knowledge and background and accomplishments.
2: You think maybe uh, after they make their first million, they ought to go ahead and drop their pay?
0: I think in the case of Aach, I think if you're a socialist who attacks success, then you ought to earn the minimum wage. I mean that—that's what you want all the rest of us to do. You all want us out in these rice fields, using the same baskets, picking the same amount of rice.
2: You got that right. You know, I—I I, I tell you, I don't understand the socialist mindset. It's coercion. It's forced. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I, people, unfortunately, when you look at the span of history, people—people people don't really know. In, in many cases, in many cultures how to handle liberty they don't know how to handle liberty and then you have very evil forces that use liberty for the purpose of destroying liberty Henry thank you my friend I appreciate it very very much let me tell you what Henry's talking about and I've told you this but it's apropos to today the most important part of this book is the dedication page and it's dedicated to and in memory of my wonderful parents, Jack and Norma Levin, Loving and Beloved, American Patriots, and Together Forever. And my mother was born February 13, 1931. And she passed away February 10, 2019. My father passed away October 15, 2018. And he was born on June eleventh, 1925. He was born on this date today. And so um, I know he would be loving what we're doing here. I know he would be calling me after the program, after all my programs, like he always did. You know, there were a couple times when I wouldn't hear from him for two or three days after the show. And I'd call him and say, what's up, Pops? He said, well, I wanted to give you a break. (laughs) A break from him talking to me. Um, and now the break is permanent. Stacy Langhorne, Pennsylvania, on the Mark Levin app. How are you?
7: How are you, Mark? You are talking to your absolute number one fan. I adore Uh-oh. You.
0: My wife and my mother-in-law would say no way, but go right ahead. Well, Thank you.
7: They are your absolute fan, so I am just your number one fan. I have all your books. I just bought the Unfreedom uh, of the Press, and I gave... Uh, plunder and Deceit to my son-in-law uh, to read because he's a conservative and he just doesn't know it yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good okay. for you.
7: And yes, and um, as soon as he saw the title, because you know he gets his, he thinks who you are, your reputation, right. who you right. are. He gets that from his late night television hosts. Right. And I'm like, you have to know who he is. Read his book you're not going to listen to him on the but radio. Uh, but
0: unlike Colbert, I don't have you know uh, Doctor Spock ears.
7: He, right, right, and he as soon as he saw the title, nor, nor do
0: I have ten writers. I write for myself.
7: You write for yourself. That's right. Yeah. And as soon as he saw the title, plunder the sheet, the little tagline underneath, how they're robbing the the from the from the future of the the youth, uh, you know, the future generations. He's like exactly right, and he was very excited to take the book and read it. So I was I was excited for him to do that, and. You know, I I wanted to t- talk about as you were saying how the um Republicans they come in and, and then they're um they're deceitful to the to the voters. And we have that here in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. We have Brian Oh Fitzpatrick.
0: I know. Yep, Fitzpatrick Fitz, is a huge lib.
7: He is um we tried to get him out during the election and we you know, we tried and we 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 failed. But Bucks County turned Democrat after mm-hmm. fifty years. Uh, turned into a democratic county here after 50 years of being republican i'm going to tell you
0: why because i used to live in montgomery county and bucks county was like the last holdout of the counties that uh that encircle philadelphia and i'm going to tell you why you get these lazy moderate republicans who stand for nothing who are not fiscal conservatives much like mitch mcconnell they're really nothing to run on uh, they are the lapdogs of these developers, and they keep spending money to widen roads and build bridges and, and do that sort of stuff. And you build more and more apartment buildings, more and more townhouses, more and more public transportation. So these communities become appendages, frankly, of the city. And so the city keeps widening and broadening, widening and broadening geographically. And that's happening everywhere. That's happened outside Washington, D.C. Northern Virginia is gone pretty much. Uh, and you look at a lot of these areas outside of Los Angeles, outside of uh, San Francisco, same damn thing over and over and over again.
7: We have demanded of Fitzpatrick to listen to his constituents to remind him that... Well, he
0: must not have listened because he was like one of eight Republicans who voted with the Democrats on their their amnesty bill.
7: All the time. He did that from the beginning, and we tried to... Um, make him aware that we were watching him and we were not happy with him. And, um, he just doesn't care. He's just going to do what he wants. Mm-hmm. And the next time we just keep saying the next, the, the next election, we're going to find somebody to beat him. But I just, so the Republican party of Bucks County pours their money into the Fitzpatrick and mm-hmm. the like. And um, it's kind of a little bit of a losing battle here, but I want you to know that I I found you years ago when you were on Sean Hannity, one of mm-hmm. his shows, but in the George Bush era, and I saw you and I went, who is this guy? He makes sense. And I
0: oh, oh, you saw me you on this, you saw me on Hannity and Combs. Uh,
7: maybe so far back, and I went, this guy makes sense because conservatism is about making sense it was the way i was raised we didn't really have a name for it it was just the way it's a it's a it's the way you live your life and i've been listening to ever since and i thank you for it my father has dementia now he was a big republican um a big reagan fan and um he was a big historian he loved politics and radio and i went to visit him this weekend. And I got him out in the sunshine, and he was a little bit lucid for a moment. And I asked him if he um remembered. You know, he was. Taught, I wanted to know if he wanted to watch, watch the news. And now he, he said, I don't like the news anymore. He was, I was really felt bad for him. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Do you remember Mark Levin? Because I was going to talk about your book, <laughs> you know. And he goes, Oh, I think I do. You know. So he, he we were talking about you a little bit, and he well, remembered you. He barely how how, how old is but your father? He my father is uh, 85. He was born in mm. 33. Um, so I think that's right. Anyway, well, listen, I,
0: I want to wish you and your father all the best. I know how difficult it is for you uh, under the circumstances. That's a very, very uh, horrendous illness, dementia, Alzheimer's, that sort of thing. So you take care of yourself, Stacy. I appreciate it. Let's go to Max Jacksonville, North Carolina, it says. Sirius Satellite, how are you, sir?
3: Hello Mark. How are you? Okay. For taking my call. You bet. Um, I've listened to you for many years and I appreciate your um your your um Ideology, ideas about the Constitution and the things Thank that you, you say. Thank One you. of the things I do have a problem with is yes. that you continue to, and the Republicans continue to say that the Democrats are, are, are the same as uh, years ago as the Democrats today. No, 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 I don't say that
0: Democrats are the same. They're, they're not Klansmen. They're not, uh, uh, well, in some ways, they are segregationists in a in a kind of a weird reverse way. I say that they're, they are race baiters, is what I say.
3: No, I, I understand what you're saying. But the, the deal is, and this is my point, Yeah. my point is that the Democrats or the Dixiecrats or the Southern Dixocrats were conservative Southern Dixiecrats. They championed the, the political policy of states' rights, anti-union, less government.
0: Listen, listen, listen. They were not constitutionalists. 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments were adopted and ratified by the states. Equal rights, due process, the end of slavery. And so I have to disagree with you that to say that George Wallace and people like Orville and uh, Faubus and so forth were uh, are like uh, Republicans because they were conservatives. No, they weren't. They didn't embrace... The, if you understand conservatism... You understand the Declaration of Independence, which the progressives attack. If you understand our Constitution and how we got the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, they were not, I will call it, they were not constitutionalists. They were bigots. They were racists. They were segregationists. And yes, we support state authority uh, where the Constitution is silent. But the Constitution isn't silent. We have the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments— a supermajority of the states ratified those amendments. So I have to disagree with you.
3: You're bigots or racists or any of that. I'm not What's, trying say to again? say that. I'm trying to say that the same political traditions that the Southern Dixocrat had are the same political traditions. It's,
0: it's not true because it's not true because um, even when Nixon was running uh, his first time in 1968 against Humphrey, Wallace made a third party race. You remember that?
3: Again, the Republican Party
0: is anti union, as were the okay, Democrats. F- first of all, first of all, it depends what kind of unions you're talking about. I'm not big on government federal government unions. But if people want to form unions, I'm not against that in the least. It's up to them. I don't think it should be imposed on them. But if they're members of unions and they want to be members of unions or any other association, why would I oppose that? That's number one. Number two, what I oppose is special privileges created by the government based on employment status, based on race, based on religion, based on anything else. See, I'm the one who believes in a color-neutral society. That's my position. What was the other thing you brought up, Max? Max? Well, this
3: was what I was saying
0: was that the
3: political traditions
0: I know you are keep saying that, but what's no, they're not the same. they're not the same. It's conservatives today who are fighting for school choice. It's the Democrats standing in the doorhouse of the elementary schools, forcing people to go to bad schools, criminally infested schools, if they happen to be in their neighborhood. It's conservatives who are litigating against that sort of thing. It's conservatives that support enterprise zones and things of that sort. It's called Liberty. I got to go. We'll be back. Mark in. Since the beginning of the year, I've been warning you about the effort by the left to bring about socialized medicine, and the fact is these people are not stopping. this Think about this. Bernie Sanders and almost the entire 2020 clown car are seriously intent on eliminating all private insurance coverage and Medicare in order to nationalize the U.S. health care system. He admitted that the other day. All told, an estimated 250 million Americans who rely on private or employer-provided health plans and countless millions of American seniors on Medicare will be stripped of their rightfully earned benefits and thrown into a massive one-size-fits-all federally managed program. And yes, my disaffected union friends, this includes your union plans as well. And it'll cost an estimated $32 trillion. Not even doubling current federal income taxes could come close to paying for it. This will lead to rationing, access restrictions, shortages, waiting lists, massive new taxes, and unnecessary deaths, and kill investment in new medical breakthroughs. Fortunately, conservative and free market organizations like the American Conservative Union and our friends at Consumer Action for a Strong Economy are uniting to stop them. And they've just launched the Coalition Against Socialized Medicine to educate the public and elected officials on the dangers of socialist health care pipe dreams, including those coming from both Democrats and soft-bellied Republicans. Go to nosocializedmedicine.org to learn more and take action. Nosocializedmedicine.org. That's nosocializedmedicine.org. We don't have a lot of time, but Anthony, Queens, New York, the great WABC. Go! Mr. Levine, how are you
5: tonight? I was telling you call screener.
0: The yes, sir. Of the
5: weekend, my, my buddy and I drove an hour and a half stayed in line for two and a half hours and I've never seen such a diversified bunch of people. It felt like a walk in the park. And then we get up to you and your lovely wife. I thank her for taking care of you and I thank you for always sticking up for all the guys in law enforcement and I'm also the officer who told you that I almost drove off the side of the road when you said Camarada was as dumb as a flounder.
4: Well, (laughs) let
5: me say this. I couldn't have an easier four hours and it was a sincere (laughs) pleasure to come out and see you guys You're even nicer than I could imagine you guys be, and I always want to thank you for sticking up for us,
0: guys. Well, Anthony, I do remember you, and I want to thank you. And we had a hell of a time there. It was absolutely wonderful. And you take care of yourself. And God bless all of you folks in law enforcement, too. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all you heroes out there. Please go on Amazon.com right now, or if you're in a retail store, get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. It's a perfect Father's Day gift. And I want to say happy birthday to my father, too. And I will see you tomorrow. God bless you.